So last year when I hurt my back, um, I couldn't, it got to the point where I was not allowed to exercise for like two months. And then I had a couple flights that were really, really awful. And I was still kind of new to air care and I had done EMS before, but then I was in nursing for a while. So like getting back into the, like you're seeing things as they happen versus like after they've been admitted through the ER and like kind of everything's been done for you. Um, but I had a couple bad flights like with kids and I was just like an emotional disaster and mm. um, I couldn't exercise and I hadn't changed my eating and honestly my eating probably got worse. Um, so I was gaining weight sure. and it just felt terrible and working through that and having a really tough winter um, and coming out on the other side of that where I exercise like five times, six times a week ish, you know, if I can. And it's to the point now where like if I'm stressed out and I know I like I know I can go to the gym and something happens to where then I can't, like I'm upset. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bass with Mark McCain. You are listening to Triumph Every Day. We discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And I did learn how to say your last name now, so I can... Swinsky! Yes. Amy Swinsky. Samsonite. Samsonite. I was way off. However you want to say it. Where... What, what, uh, what kind of heritage do you have there that... that that's Because that's not, that's not how it's... It, like, if you look at that, that's not how you say that. Swinecki. Swinecki. Yeah. There's like, there's some extra consonants in there. Yeah. Uh, it's Polish. All right. Well, let's start there. Did you come from Poland? No. Um, <laughs> I have not been there. I'm not from there. No. My dad's side of the family is. Yeah. Where are you, uh, where are you from? Rhode Island. That's where I was born. Rhode Island? New England. Yep. Like, like family guy like Peter Griffin area yeah Cohog. the same exact place that town is where mm. I'm from yeah no, what are the no. Griffins like <laughs> exactly as they are on TV um alright so yeah give us like the uh the elevator pitch of who you are where you're from so you're from Rhode Island New England area from Rhode Island you guys know where that is yeah sorta tiny little state yeah it's like 40 by 35 or something is it really yeah it's really small um, the stretch of 95 that goes through it is like 45 miles long, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, from Rhode Island, I lived there for 21 years or so. Went to college there the first time. Um, not much to say about that. Moved to Maryland. What's What's Rhode Island like? I mean, is it cold? Is it's it... actually a lot like this. So I've lived in Maryland and Florida and New Orleans and a couple places in Rhode Island. And moving back here, this is the closest to New England. Really? Yeah, I'm actually surprised and impressed. So it sucks there too. <laughs> I saw the some, winter can be a little struggle. I saw something today. It was like, since uh, you know we were recording this and it's, there's an ice storm outside and. Mm -hmm. My friend posted a little meme picture thing. Said, "This is what happens when you decorate for Christmas too early." So I hope you're all happy. Karma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a little early for this kind of. Yeah. So, um, so you move here at 21? No, I moved to Maryland, Maryland uh, after I graduated school that first time. Um, moved to Maryland. Where'd you go to school? I went to University of Rhode Island. So little. It was 15 minutes from my house. It was one of those situations where I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but. I was going to college. My parents were going to make time sure to go to college. My parents were making me go to college. I mean, I was going to go anyway, but um, I got a scholarship there and went there and had no, just like no idea what I wanted to do. So, 
we is there have, a lot of choices as far as because I know there's Providence, right? Providence, Rhode Island. So it's pretty much the two schools. Of, like Brown, and there's like a school of design, RISD uh, school of design is out there. Um, there's a couple of schools I think in Newport, and but this is like the state, right? The, the state school. Because I was about so. to say, you know, obviously Ohio. Us growing up there have a little more on the state level, uh, you know, as far as choices and whatnot. Ohio State, Cincinnati, a bunch of old mm. schools. So obviously, such a small Green, place being you know, from the, the smallest state. Yeah, pretty much. And so when I was there, uh, like I said, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Even though I lived 15 minutes away, I actually lived at school. And uh, they make you join a club as a freshman to make sure that you're well-rounded and get involved with the community. And, I'm excited to hear what club you joined. Uh, the ambulance, the campus ambulance, because it was uh. in the basement of my building, and I didn't have to walk up the huge hill to the like student center, whatever it was, for meetings for whatever other club they had. So I had no... So your career path was, was based around you being <laughs> lazy? Yes. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I had no intention prior to that of being in anything medical at all. I think I, I think for a little while I wanted to be a marine biologist and who doesn't right <laughs> right this sounds cool so, so so what does that kind of encompass what is a ambulance club encompass so for there are a few actually there's like a whole um, across the country there's like this a collegiate association of um, ambulances on campus I guess but it's kind it of like a, a volunteer fire department kind of okay. um, like we didn't get school credit from what I remember, but it was just a basic life support. Um, we had an ambulance. We learned how to drive it. Uh, we went to EMT school, and so we were like the that's, basic response. That's really cool, actually, because that's a getting through that process as an adult is not like an easy thing to do. No. To, to basically go to school and you know do it as, as an extracurricular activity is a nice little fallback. Yeah. yeah, and so it was class on top of like my normal classes, which I think at the time I had decided I was going to school for communications because it was probably the simplest thing I could do and then I could it's broad spend enough. all of the rest yeah. of my time doing ambulance stuff so um, and then like if anything big happened where they needed like paramedics we had the town surrounding us had um, like they could rendezvous with us yep. to provide that care for for the patients but you know it's a lot of uh, sports injuries and um, drunk people on the weekends and but like you got to get your feet wet in how to take care of patients and so was that something that you're as you're going through that you're like wow this is actually a lot of like this is enjoyable yeah I really liked it yeah. so I just graduated college because I had to and uh, left the state there wasn't a ton that I remember anyway I did a, I, I volunteered and I worked private ambulance while I was still in the state but um, the state is small. It's small in size, but it's also small in like opportunity. I felt like, and I wanted to. I think just by the, the physical size of the state, like you're yeah. you're going to be limited. Yeah. What's somewhat. the uh, the closest like major city? Besides Providence, yeah. Providence has a major city. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. Like Har how far Har is Boston? Um, like? Boston's like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's pretty close. We never mm -hmm. went. Really? Anything that took you longer than like a half hour to get somewhere was like a day trip. Yeah, like that. I drive an hour to work sometimes. It's yeah. completely. I didn't know that Brown, uh, Brown University was in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. So you just taught me something. You're welcome. So what what was that demographic like as far as so it's such a small state? Like what is the kind of stereotypical like? Oh, you go to Brown or you go to Rhode Island or you're in Providence. What was there like? Because like here it's like Cincinnati, Xavier, you know, Northern Kentucky is kind of its own. You know. Because you compared it to kind of like this area. So yeah, there's. Curious. I don't remember there being 
because I wasn't really super involved in like athletics oh, okay. in college, so I don't really know what the rivalries were. But there fair was enough. always um, stereotypes for some of the high schools, like the richer parts oh, of the state. Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like if you, and the private schools and stuff. But I, I couldn't really tell you much about yeah, right. about that. I just thought Brown would be like, "Ooh, you get a Brown, you're elite," you know, or something like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's. I'm yeah. sure it's there. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's it just And, and yeah. I'm just gonna be honest. The only knowledge I have of that is Family Guy. So okay, right. okay. So we're working off that. <laughs> Brian with the Brown. So he, he was a dog that, that talks. And I didn't even go. I don't know if you've seen Family Guy. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> He's a dog. Yeah, you know, our question of the day today was one of the what TV shows do you not like or movies? And someone said Family Guy. Why? I don't know. I was, I just kind of breezed past it. It's okay. Like, no, I'm not gonna. Mark actually went and slashed their tires. Up the yeah, I'll be tell us who it is. Um, so you moved to Maryland, and then is that so you you have now graduated college? Is that correct? Yes. And you moved to Maryland. Is it, are you now still pursuing like this kind of ambulance? Yeah, the EMS side of stuff. Yeah. So I immediately I got a job as like a ER secretary, I believe was first, um, and then I worked my way to like patient care tech or whatever while I was going to paramedic school. Which is the second time I went to college. Yeah. It's for what um, is that more, more, a lot more involved than just get, obviously you're getting a, a communications degree. It's going to be wildly different than yeah. getting, going to uh, school for the medical field, but right. what kind of things are involved with that? So I don't think that every, not everybody who has, has gone to medical school gets a degree. Like they, this community college near where I lived is offering a, um, an associate's degree in like pre hospital medicine or whatever it was called. So I had to do like all the basic, like the sciences and the maths. And some of them I still had left over from, from the first time when I had to do all that. But, um, and it's basically a two year program and you move through all the courses to become a medic and halfway through you get to um, take a test to be what they call an intermediate. So you were more qualified to provide care, or qualified to provide more advanced care than a BLS provider, but not as far as a medic. Gotcha. You could do some of the same stuff, but maybe you needed more permission to do it for medical control, whereas a medic might not need it. And then at the end, you graduate and take your test. What kind of, and we can probably talk about this later too, because you're, you're obviously still in that field, but yeah. like, what are some of the things that like, maybe, I don't I don't know what the exact word, like the hidden kind of like stuff you have to, you guys have to deal with as like, far as like working on an ambulance that like people just may not have any idea about. Enlighten us. Um, I'm not sure. Ambulance so I right. guess I guess you know like I'll just attribute it to like what we do. Like there's stuff that stuff here that people might not have any idea that we do as far as like trainers mm-hmm. um, that may either be time consuming or just difficult that people may have no idea when they just come in and walk through the door and take a class. There's a ton of con- like maybe continuing education that might. I'm sure, like the, as far as the medical stuff goes, it's constantly changing. It is constantly changing. So having to keep on top of it, um, continuing education. My license expires every two years. Um, just one of them. I have multiple licenses, but the medical license, the national one, expires every two years. You take a huge refresher or a test every two years to keep that up. But as far as like everyday stuff, I mean, it's as you start your day checking everything in the ambulance, making sure everything's there. If it's not there when you need it, it's your fault, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like dealing oh. with people is probably one of the hardest things. Oh, yeah. I mean, just seeing... Ever? Because you're... I've, I've actually talked to, to Aaron, you know, Aaron Sexton, you mm-hmm. know him. And for the people listening, one of our one of our trainers is also an uh, ER nurse. And 
you know, he's like, generally speaking, you're seeing them on the worst day of their life. Yes. Or one of the worst. One of the worst. You know, so what, what I'm sure you've, I don't, you don't have the stories, but uh, some of the things that like maybe you've learned about people um, through the years of doing this. Um, people act in a way that they would not normally ever think that they would act when they're really sick or really hurt or really scared or all three. Um, and the families, family members are the same way. So especially with young kids or whatever. Right. Um, they might be acting completely irrational to, to me, completely irrational or mean or um, hateful or, but it's all coming from uh, a position of being completely petrified right. of what's happening. How do you deal with that? Um, so being open and communicating and not, not giving back to them what they're giving to me, um, trying to diffuse with offering as much information as I can. A lot of people are nervous because they don't know what comes next. So you're getting in an ambulance or an aircraft that's really loud and noisy and people are poking and prodding you and everything hurts and you just don't know where you're going next or what to expect. So trying to stay calm, stay calm, like yeah. letting them know this is going to be loud. It's going to be really bumpy. It's uh, when we get there, there's going to be like a million people around your bed trying to talk to you, asking you the same questions that we've been asking you, but they need to hear you say the answer. Um, making sure that they know that what's happening to them on the outside is normal. Like when the aircraft shakes, like that can be really scary if you've never been in an aircraft. Sure. Like that's totally normal. Yeah. So how many, let's be honest, the real question, <laughs> does the ambulance come with just a standard siren or is that something you guys have input on? Is there multiple options? Um, it's all the same, but each siren has different uh, frequencies. So you mm. hear like the really fast one or so, the slow one. Yeah, you're kind of like a DJ. Sort of, but yeah. so they are in different frequencies or different speeds because they travel differently. Mm. So when you're going slow, it's easier to use one of them because mm. people are ready to hear it. When you're going fast, so you're you're driving the other and mixing, one. Yeah, yeah. same time. <laughs> when people won't get this out of your is... way and you just keep going oh, yeah, back and yeah, forth yeah, yeah, between yeah, yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah. And the driver just freezes and doesn't move at all. Yeah, yeah it's a little more fun. bass. It's a lot of trouble. A lot and there's of a trouble. horn, like a big yeah. loud horn too yeah, that you can use. So there's the third. We don't have that in the aircraft though. Yeah, the aircraft. Helicopters definitely want to get to that. Um, so, how long were you in Maryland for? So, I total probably six years. I took a little hiatus and moved to New Orleans and rebuilt houses for a little while. Good for you. And then That's awesome. How? Came, what? What brought that on? Um, so, I spent a lot of most of my moving around the country has been like running away from problems or running away from like life. Okay. And finding. Something else that to do that's really said far Maryland away. Maryland instead of like we're at Maryland. Oh no no no! I, I could I <laughs> lived in Baltimore in Hartford County. United States. No, um, so actually when I went to New Orleans, I I was escaping like the end of a relationship or whatever. But I had also applied to nursing school and not got in at the same time. So hmm. I was like, you know what? I need to go do something else for a while. And I had friends that were down there working for uh, the Episcopal Diocese, and I went down there and learned a ton. It was one of those like learn immediately before you teach a whole group of people who were there for a week yeah. how to do the thing. Here's how you frame an entire house <laughs> in your life. <laughs> and and now teach everybody. <laughs> after yeah. Katrina. I yeah, it was a few yeah. years after. Yeah. It was still a mess, but yeah. it was a few years, yeah. 24 on center, what does that mean? Let me call somebody, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I learned a ton. A I'll ton. bet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, that's, those are all, and those are things that you're taking with you later on whether you know it or not you know being able to teach a large group of people yeah. uh you know be commanding for a large group of people and things like that it, it helps yeah. you later on without you even knowing it but that's always been something that has um scared me 
like public speaking or having everybody looking at me while I'm talking. Um, I get very and easily embarrassed, I think, or even if I'm not embarrassed, like my whole face flushes. Sure. But um, so I've tried to put myself in situations where I, it that becomes a new normal for me. Like that is normal to talk in front of a group of people. And yeah. It's normal I'm sure for everybody to look at you. I, I know personally, Mark, I don't know about you, but I mean, my, my public speaking definitely feels a little bit a lot better than mm-hmm. it used to be. You know, getting in front of group people it yeah. used to be absolutely terrifying. Now it's, it's still not comfortable, but it's like, okay, well, we can we can handle this. Yeah. It'll be all right. I think it, it just depends. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. That's know? true, too. So it's, yeah. You know, owning, like, what's your, if I'm speaking on, you know. Quantum physics. A, you know, <laughs> ambulance club. I don't know about the ambulance. Anyway. Um, I felt like, oh, so you said public speaking, but you're a communications major. So did, did you so, have to do a lot of. So the whole reason that I even did that was because, so this is going to sound like I'm scarred for life over something that happened when I was like eight, but I guess I was. I entered this public speaking contest True. when I was a kid in like fifth grade and I memorized this whole speech and I don't remember the name of it but it was by um, Sojourner or Truth mm-hmm. and I got up on stage in front of all these people and I said nothing. And I just stood there and I froze and Freeze. I couldn't remember anything and I can't remember if I went and sat back down or if I just left the stage but um, they had given me like a second, op- second opportunity to do it and I was like no. Yeah. There's no way I'm doing that. Oh, I mean, it's, it's... And so that has just like... So the, since then, life. I'm like, yeah. I need to... There's... Yeah, people's biggest fears the first one is public speaking yeah and the second one is death hmm. and yeah. so like the joke is is that people would rather be the guy in the box than the one giving the eulogy <laughs> you know ah. like because it's it's that big yeah. of a fear yeah, for I think people it's, it's like public speaking and fighting yeah. mm. like physical you know so it's one of those things where you know and we'll go down the road of like how this transitions into fitness and getting people to like care about their fitness but like it's a huge part of it is just fear I was sure. like scared just the fear of like well what if it's paralyzing what if what if I, what if this happens I mean we're, we're right now we're trying to get people to do this internal competition and did you do the last one I did the last one okay yeah. you were there it was a blast I loved it it was really it fun. was a lot of fun and it was just just work out <laughs> and do it and then be done for the day and just because we're going to another gym who's for lack of a better term is pretty identical to ours and what we do and they're like well, what if I get someone that's it's really good. Like, what if what? Like it doesn't I matter. I think that when I come to like a five thirty a.m. Yeah, class, so, I'm like, uh, I don't know if you really want to be my partner, but yeah. <laughs> and guess what? It doesn't matter. And that person doesn't care. No. You know, everyone's getting into it for the fun of it. So, anyways, um, so then you go build houses in New Orleans. And then I, um, I ended up getting into nursing school, and I lived in Florida. I stayed with my mom for a little bit before I started nursing school, and then I moved back to Maryland. So I kind of just made like a triangle and came back. Went to nursing school um, and graduated the day after I left, or uh, left the day after I graduated, rather. Um, and then came you. And then went to Florida again. Well, went to Florida again. Sorry. <laughs> For a boy. Okay. Um, Which part of Florida? East Coast, uh, about an hour south of um, the Kennedy Space Center, ish. So like in line with Orlando, just out. No idea there. You okay. lost me. Florida's, Where Orlando is in the middle. Florida. Florida's, Florida's an East island, Coast. right? Yes. Okay. East Coast. Florida's just weird. If, oh, it, if, if you ever if you ever see a weird headline, Florida. It's, from Florida. it's literally it's Florida or Germany. It's one mm. of the two. It's like Florida man or Florida woman, and like German man, German woman. Yeah, just those are the weird stories. Yeah. Those are the weird headlines. Um, so you go to Florida. Yeah, and uh, that's where I started my nursing career. So I graduated nursing school and then moved immediately. So my first nursing job was in Florida. Um, it was 
beautiful. I mean, I lived a half a mile from the beach, but you know, you live somewhere awesome and you kind of stop going to the beach because it's there all the time and you right. can go anytime you want to. And I mean, like, be nice. <laughs> but it's one of those things, I mean, unless you're just going to go sit there and tan. Mm-hmm. No one, no one, you know, goes swimming in the ocean. I do now you know? because I don't live there. Like when I go to South oh, exactly. Carolina, I'll go swimming in the ocean, but I didn't when I was living there. Said that about even just Cincinnati. Like people, you don't hear it as much anymore. But it used to be, there's nothing to do here. I'm like, you just haven't done any of it. Yeah. Like there's plenty to do. Just, yeah. Any city you live in, I'm sure there's stuff to do. So. Yeah. Um. So you move for a boy. Yeah, uh, we get married down there. Um, hospital system that I was working for changed a lot um the higher-ups had changed like their focus had changed and I didn't like the like what it was doing to the bedside care as far as safety goes I didn't think that safety was as much of a priority anymore and I wasn't confident that if something happened um it wouldn't be blamed on the nurse gotcha so my brother had moved here years ago and then moved to San Diego for a while and was moving back and the way Florida set up we weren't living near a big city there was like two hospital systems within driving a normal driving distance and I didn't like either one of them so either way we were going to move um, my husband was an engineer on a ship so he could fly to any airport and get sure. on a or any port and get on a ship so it didn't matter where we lived so we moved here uh, when my brother moved back in 2014 seven years since then it's 2014? Mm-hmm. Okay, so four years. Yep. Coming on five, I guess, depending on when you move. Middle, middle of the year, so yeah, yeah. four and a half. So, um, and then do you go directly into nursing again for a hospital? Yeah, so I moved here. I interviewed before I moved yeah. and um, chose Christ, their cardiovascular um, ICU. So that um, at a lot of hospitals, it's a mix of you've had heart surgery and you need to be recovered, that happens there, or you're in heart failure and you need medicine or you need like an assist device or something. A lot of hospitals have all of that in one cardiovascular unit and that's what Christ had and they had a lot of, um, they had a lot of cool stuff going on. As someone who's lived in a lot of different cities, I've, I've always heard that Cincinnati is a pretty good hospital network. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I would agree with I, that. I would just, yeah, because I've just heard that, I mean, obviously with UC Health and, you know, Children's, I know Children's is ranked one of the it's like one or two in the country, I think. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, people pretty from awesome. All over the world come there. It's kind of cool. In their lobby, they have them all listed, like where they're from. Oh, and that's it's cool. like, you know, Africa, South America. Yeah. You know, everywhere. Wow. As, as far as adult care, um, you don't see as much of the people coming in from out of country as you do, like the Johns Hopkins, like right. the East and West Coast, like big Boston hospitals. Um, but for this area, I mean. UC has a fantastic emergency medicine residency program. Um, there, we have really good hospitals here. Yeah, I think. Very cool. Um, and then, so how long? Because you're no longer in that department, right? So, um, you know, I don't know. Is that was that the next step? Is going to where you are now? So I, I, I don't even remember how I found that there was an opening. So UC's transport program, they have the. Um, aircraft, but they also have ambulances. They do ALS, BLS, and um, basically a mobile ICU. I don't know what those mean. So, um, you know, you're, you have to go back to a nursing home, but you don't really need any care. You just have okay. to go with a medical oh. provider, that kind of thing. Or you have a couple drips, or you need a heart monitor while you're in transport. You know, a paramedic can take you. Um, or if you are out in some, like, Dearborn County or some hospital where they can't take care of you, but they've kind of stabilized you, yeah. and you need a, a nurse and a medic to make sure that you're 
you know, you have to be on a ventilator or you have these gotcha. special drips or um, whatever to go by ground. So I started with that and the department's kind of weird. The uh, ground nurses are not union, but the air nurses are union. So like there's no flipping between the two uh, sections, even though the, we're in the same department, it's very, very strange. Um, so I went to the mobile ICU because I missed being outside of the hospital and being autonomous and having a partner with me and doing that. Um, but I really liked the nursing part of it, I guess. But autonomy and... Um, sirens. And sirens, obviously. I, I started to really not like bedside nursing. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm sure you've heard about how it's changing with patient satisfaction. It's a, a big buzzword. I don't know if uh, hospitals are getting ranked on how happy patients are when they leave mm. versus medical outcomes. So reimbursement's getting more linked. So you're, so yeah, you're, you're, becoming more a hotel than yeah well and, and unfortunately you know there's a huge problem with people using hospitals as their primary care yeah absolutely and, and, and more uh, more so even just ER rooms yes. was, uh, very well knowing they'll never pay that back right you know um, and then if you couple that with well you didn't treat me right right yeah when so I can see survey. I can see where you're at yeah, yeah. so and it was just it was tough it was it's tw it's grueling like 12 grueling hours in an ICU it's you have two or three patients and they're sick and it's just constant so um, I mean kudos to all those the nurses that you, stick with that what do you do to balance that out I mean obviously CrossFit working out and stuff like that but maybe before you found us trying to work out like trying to work um, out yeah um, so I would feel like such that intense you know emotion and, and you know demand on your kind of nervous system all those things would just lead me to like totally disconnect and that would happen yeah. sometimes I mean they talk about compassion fatigue and it's a totally real thing like yeah. you care all day mm. about these two people or these families or this stuff that's going down and then you go home and you're like I got nothing I got yeah. nothing Oof. for you I got nothing right. for me yeah. I got nothing for and then, and then something happens where you know everything you, a friend or a family member and they you know they step a toe in the world and you're like you have no idea right yes yeah. yes yeah so so you get kind of burnt out on that yes and then, and then so I, I started with the mobile ICU and I actually transitioned there full-time I think I started teaching some clinicals for nursing in that time too at Christ College um, and then um, I applied for the air care position that was open. There's a few open at the time, and interviewed and was hired. And it's it had been like ever since I accidentally fell into medicine, um, and I saw what they could do, like what aircraft transport provides and what the different programs can provide. Like that was my dream job for like 15 years before. Yeah, I that's, that's part of the reason I kept. You know, usually we don't spend this much on time on like your whole like <laughs> job. What was your first job? Right. You know, but uh, I, I did want to get to that. And because I think it's a pretty amazing job and what you do, and it's awesome. um, it, it not just amazing, but also very interesting to me. Um, so what I just give us a rundown of like what everything, not maybe not everything, the, the big the big bullet points of what you guys do. So we um, and I can I've only worked for UC Air Care, so I really can only intelligently, even pseudo intelligently, speak to our own program. Um, we bring the ER or the ICU from UC to the patient. 
versus um, there are programs or EMS even sometimes is we just need to get this person to UC or to the, the receiving facility so they can get what they need. We bring the drugs, the equipment, the meds, the, I mean, a physician or an advanced practice nurse, um, blood, all that stuff with us so we can start the intervention there. Um, and, and it's usually pretty hectic stuff, I'm, I'd assume, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a lot of the time. Stub toe. You would hope that <laughs> that is not why they would call us yet. Um, you'd be surprised some of the stuff that we take that really probably didn't need to be taken by us. But we do a mix of probably 60% hospital to hospital. So those hospitals that can't take care of no. the person that they have um, or they need a specialist at, at another facility. We'll take maybe 60% of those and then 40% is EMS is calling us and saying we need you. Um, every now and then it's maybe something that could have gone by ground but um, there's something that that either a gut feeling or something that that EMS provider was told or the fire chief was told that made them think that air transport was going to get the patient where they needed to be faster yeah because obviously you're physically going faster yeah. yeah 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 I mean it takes a little bit more time as far as like getting the clearance to fly and actually starting up the aircraft and taking off but um, other than that it is so it is do you faster. remember like your first run I remember I remember my first day. Is it so bad? I don't remember my first patient flight. I no. don't think I don't think it was anything um, spectacular, which is fine as my first flight for it to be something kind of routine or mundane. What's it like when you get that call? Like we got a critically injured it's person, and always we're, we're going up. I wouldn't say scary, but it's always adrenaline. Like if you don't get like the butterflies in your stomach, right. like maybe yeah. it's not for you anymore, kind sure. of thing. Like. Every flight is different, and no flight is perfect, and I learn something new hmm. every every single time. It's, it that's is That's gotta it be incredible. addicting too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably super addicting. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so the, again, when you're kind of encountering people and they're having a very, very bad day, generally speaking, um, what kind of other precautions and, or maybe just things you might have to do that are maybe different than if you're taking them to ground transport? Because obviously you, you, they're secure in an aircraft, mm -hmm. but like you are still a couple hundred feet in the air. Sure. Um, things like making sure that they're secure, making sure our equipment is secure, um, giving them hearing protection, um, letting them know the noises and the feelings that they're gonna have. Making sure if there's family there at the sending or at the scene or whatever, making sure they know that we're going to beat them no matter what, so take your time. Yeah. Um, don't try to beat us there. Yeah, um, you don't want two accidents. Exactly. <laughs> and it's going to be a while before they can see their family member anyway. Right. With all the stuff that has to has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, obviously, it's, it's a physically demanding job, and hopefully that's where we come into play a little bit. Yes. Right? Um, so you, you move out of a kind of emotionally draining job um, to maybe something that's a, something that fits you a little bit more but again you still have to be physically fit and you said you tried to work out on your own things yeah. like that it was like so. planet fitnessy stuff yeah. and I was like I am not good at making myself work out when I don't want to like the stuff that I do here in a group class is because I like can't quit Right. Because everybody would see me quit yeah, and right. it would be you terrible. Can, but everyone would see <laughs> so it was like, I'm going to do half an hour on an elliptical and that 20 minutes I'm bored, so I'm just going to stop. 
Yeah. Like, I just don't feel like doing this anymore, so I'm not going to. Right. Um, and I wasn't obviously strong or fit or any of those things. So how does uh, how do you come upon CrossFit and us and all that good stuff? I found a primary care provider for uh, my yearly physical or whatever. It's Dr. Proctor Melanie, and she asked me if I'm exercising, and I made up some lame whatever about Planet Fitness and. She's like, oh, you should try it. This is when you guys were at the old place. She's like, you should try out this gym. I was like, okay. I think I had already tried out a different gym that I didn't like, um, a CrossFit gym. I was like, whatever. I don't, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do that. So, like, a year is coming around and I have to go back and see Melanie for my yearly thing. Yep. And the last thing I want is to be in the same exact position I was before. And she asks me and tells me the same thing. So, I decide a week before my appointment that I'm going to come here and try the. Have we moved the interest. Interest. Yeah, you guys were here. Yeah, you probably would have stayed at the car wash. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried the intro classes, and I actually really like it. Uh, so it's actually Melanie that got me here. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. we we love her. She's, she's Yeah, she's been... Got to uh, get her on the podcast. Yeah. We do got to get her on the Melanie, podcast. Melanie, if you're listening, let's do it. Yes. Yeah, yeah she's um, great. And then, um, so things are, are... You're picking things up here, and you kind of do start a little bit of barbell action and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how does that transfer over into a physically demanding job? Um, and a stressful just be, job. Just being, just being stronger, being more physically fit. I mean, there's there's that, obviously, the actual physical ability to lift more weight, but it's also confidence, too. Like, being, being in these situations where we have to, like, crouch and lean and move and bend over and, like, lift people in really weird, uh, contorted ways or get into like crushed vehicles and have to do stuff or even just lifting a stretcher into an aircraft kind of thing um people are bigger now than they used to be and yeah what? yeah we don't have those you know automatic loading stretchers because they weigh a lot more than the mm. ones that don't with all the mechanics that go into that yeah. and we can only lift so much with an aircraft and the more that we lift in equipment the less we can lift in patients so i don't see us getting one of those awesome cool yeah, stuff right. floating right. structures as nice as it would be um but yeah it's uh it's nice to know that probably 80 percent of our patients i can lift without like lift them into the aircraft without help sure um, we'll have like the fire department and stuff help us if we need to or our pilots help us sometimes um but sometimes like it's stuff has to happen so quick that if i can do the lifting Sure. It cuts that much time, right? Because they can off. grab other equipment, put it back mm-hmm. on the, the aircraft, and things like that. Yeah, it's um, uh, one one thing we've talked about on here before is just, um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, just the confidence factor. Um, it, for us, I know definitely for me personally, Mark's touched on it too, but just having a different set of problem solving skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is like, again, you see these daunting workouts and you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And then you slowly work through it and slowly get through it. It's, oh, I can, I, oh, can. I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if that's been a factor for you at all. Uh, it has. It's changed my mentality too. Um, with that, like last, was it last Wednesday's workout? I was convinced had to be a partner workout. Like there's no way that I can do all that stuff yeah. by myself. And you do, and you get through it, and you feel stronger. And I mean, not then; I didn't feel stronger then. But like thinking <laughs> like about a it now, I feel stronger. Mush on the floor. Yeah, and like you guys say too, it it um it doesn't get easier. You just get better. Yeah. Like you just get better at it. You just do things faster or heavier. Yesterday, I came in and did Tuesdays, and I, I'm halfway through the workout. I'm like, I 
feel just as terrible at this as I did on my first day. Like, this is just terrible. This whole thing is just awful. And I look at my time later, and I'm like, it, it actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, and I don't, right. I don't like to use Wattify as, like, a um, ranking. I like to use it as, like, a, I really look up to this app, like, this person, yeah. because they're super fit, and how did I do compared to that person if I RX the workout? Sure. Um, like, that helps me feel better, like, the closer I can get to that kind of stuff. But, yeah, confidence and um, ability to work through something that really is terrible and come out on the other side stronger, I guess. And I I don't definitely don't mean to insinuate that, um, that moving away from the bedside has made my job any emotion like less emotionally taxing oh no um no but i think coupling like the the mental toughness part of it yeah. i think they can only help right yeah so last year when i hurt my back um i couldn't it got to the point where i was not allowed to exercise for like two months and then i had a couple flights that were really really awful and I was still kind of new to air care and I had done EMS before, but then I was in nursing for a while. So like getting back into the, like you're seeing things as they happen versus like after they've been admitted through the ER and like kind of everything's been done for you. Um, but I had a couple bad flights like with kids and I was just like an emotional disaster and mm. um, I couldn't exercise and I hadn't changed my eating and honestly my eating probably got worse. Um, so I was gaining weight sure. and it just, felt terrible and working through that and having a really tough winter um, and coming out on the other side of that where I exercise like five times six times a week ish you know if I can and it's to the point now where like if I'm stressed out and I know I like I know I can go to the gym and something happens to where then I can't like I'm upset yeah and if you had like if you told me two years ago that I can't go to the gym because I hurt my back I'd be like yeah. Now I have an excuse not to be there. <laughs> All right, Netflix, here we go. Yes, I'm super happy. But it actually turned into I was even more upset about everything else that was happening in my life because I couldn't exercise. And what, was there like a light bulb moment that you think, that's why? Was it, Or was it just those small wins day after day, like, oh, I can do this, and you're building some momentum? Because I feel like a lot of people view exercise and fitness as this like, big mountain that they'll never climb it was yeah it was just a little at a time it's like yeah. if you keep doing something and you develop it as a habit mm -hmm. kind of thing um i think that is how it worked for me and then like being like oh, i can actually lift something heavy and like maybe i can lift it heavier next time and if mm. i keep i don't know like you gotta gamify it a little bit yeah you know? like it's it can't just be like oh, i just went and did it right yeah. you think you can like right. i'm like oh that workout's gonna really suck i'm just gonna go and just move but then you get here and you're like, I'm really actually going to try to. Right. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you you hold yourself accountable, I think, and that's and that takes a little bit of time too, you know. Yeah. The people, you know, you can say you don't you don't care, but if you watch closely, like, oh, they they really didn't care. They wouldn't have, you know, you see them peeking out their periphery, yeah. you know, seeing seeing what's going on around them and things yeah. like that. So um, everybody everybody does it. Um, so uh, piggybacking off what you said about the stress and things like that and. Just, you know, maybe specifically with those those bad couple flights, and how um, how do you prevent yourself from taking that home, or or do you? Oh, do I took you, it home. Yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, I got after that, I got a lot better at, and the resources were always there for me. Like my colleagues were always there for me, but I was still new in the position and felt like I 
like I tried to just deal with it. I was like, well, I cried about it, so I'm probably fine. Um, I've gotten a lot better at actually talking about the bad flights and to where I've had a number of them, but they haven't affected me nearly as bad as this. Well, and the reason I ask is like, because again, like everyone, you know, I've had to make it a habit of like when I leave here, I, unless I absolutely have to, I don't open my computer back up Mm -hmm. because I'll take things home from here to home and they'll affect me there. Yeah. You know, and it's it's on a much smaller scale than what you're talking about, but, um, you know, uh, the reason I ask is like on a much bigger scale, you know, how do we tell people to not bring their, their work home from them to when they get home? How do you just say, mm-hmm. I'm here for my family. I'm here for my friends. It, for me, it was utilizing the resources that I have at work. Yeah. So my colleagues who do this with me every day, right. talking to them or talking yeah. to my medical director or talking to people who do this yeah. um, to I where see. like, I don't even, unless it's something really um, that hits me for some reason, whatever reason that is, and I'll talk to maybe my mom or something about it, but um, otherwise I, I don't really, as long as I take care of it at work, I don't, I don't know, that's not really a good answer. Well, but, I think I think what you're saying is you're, you're not an island, right? Right, no. You can't, you can't. I tried to be and it really didn't go well. Yeah. You can't, you can't do this on your own and like, whether it's work resources or just family and friend resources, like you, you have to be able to deal with things in another way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, that's why the, obviously CrossFit works, this yes. community. Yes, you and know. this this um, being here, coming here before work or on my off days or whatever, like uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's almost like one of those. Um, well, this is what I thought anyway. So you told me that they're changing the kilogram the other day. Oh yeah, but that didn't. That I was like, yes. you know, a ten kilo plate is always a ten kilo plate, and yeah. a fifteen kilo bar is, is always weighs that much. And anything that happens to where I can't lift it or I lift it poorly is all on me. Yeah. Like I can't save all my patients because there's stuff going on that I can't affect or I can't save my relationship because um, things that other people bring or their personalities are things that I can't affect or I can't change Um, but if I this is like the place where input of effort equals results or equals output and the only person that can affect it is me like with guidance obviously from you guys but if I work really hard, I get better results. If I slack off, I don't get anything. If I can't lift a weight I could lift yesterday, it's something with me is what I'm eating, it's what, how I'm sleeping. It's, yeah. So it's, it's kind of peaceful and, and sure. calming to know that like I take full responsibility yeah. for what happens here. Yeah. Like Nobody else can screw it up for me, but nobody else can like make me be better without me participating, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. And, you know, one of the things we're reading, uh above the line book right now and he talks about uh you know how preparation equals you know better results and things like that so we talk about like going to bed earlier eating correctly you know like you could work your butt off of here but if you're not doing the things outside of the gym to prepare coming here to work your butt off you're still not going to see results yeah you know but like you said it's it, hopefully we're giving people a place uh, we call it a little sanctuary but a place where they can come and de-stress and mm-hmm. and be in control of that little part of their day yeah. You know, because so many people just run around from point A or chaos A to chaos B. Yeah. You know, and like. Yeah. And don't take time for themselves and don't. This, like, I can't imagine not doing this now. Yeah. And the um, half barbell, half CrossFit thing is probably the best yeah, decision I'll, that I've made. I do want to talk about barbell a little bit because you've now got a couple meets under your belt, right? And, a mock one. Well, and a mock real one, one yeah. and a real one, yeah. So it's still a couple meets. Yeah. You know, we still ran the mock meet as a meet, but. Um, 
So when you uh, kind of started that and where you are now, um, you know, how does that, how's your mind uh, kind of wrapped around barbell and like, Olympic weightlifting? And a year and a half ago, I think, I was told I should just do, like, just do a meet just to do it. I'm yeah. like, there ain't no way. <laughs> There ain't no way with my stage fright and everything else and I'm getting up in front of all these people in the like, in the most <laughs> unattractive piece of clothing I would wear, which I didn't own at the time, so like I couldn't say that I owned it, but like a bathing suit basically. And have everybody stare at me and judge me on how I look this. Yeah. There ain't no way. So Jared wears this all the time, though. I know. I'm actually wearing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I even before I started doing Barbell Club, I still was in that boat. Like I'm joining it because I want to get better. At, like, because I, I had a goal for just my snatch, and I couldn't get it, and I knew that the only, like, what was keeping me wasn't that I wasn't strong enough, it was because my technique was garbage. Yeah. So I knew that joining Barbell would help me with that and help me with everything else, and um, only once I started really liking, like, the different, even just the different complexes or the different stuff we would do every week, I'm like, no, this is, I really like this. I like the technical piece of it, and I think I actually do want to do kegs and kilos, and I don't think I would have... I don't know that I would have done it if I hadn't done the mock meet first, so I'm yeah. really thankful for that. But, I, think, I think there's a, like a serious lesson there. Um, whenever you identify that you're struggling in an area, so in this obviously uh, example, it was your Olympic lift, the snatch, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to spend more time on this and clean up my technique, and then um, conquer my fear by doing a, a mock meet. I feel like a lot of us, you know, have have things we struggle with, whether that's emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever it is. And we just think it's going to magically fix itself. Mm -hmm. But there's just something about this intentionality piece of, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm having issues with my spouse or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. We need to proactively uh, attack this. Yeah. You know, it's not going to just be like, all right, I got a good night's sleep. Everything's better. Right. You know, so. I eat good this one day. Yeah. Kudos for you to be smart enough to recognize that and then pursue it and ultimately do it yeah you know it's been it's been great yeah, we're doing cool. another meet in like two weeks yep yep and uh how uh how do you feel about going on that one fine it's, so the thing is for me like i don't call it competing like when i talk about being in a meet i call it participating i'm participating in the meet because i'm not competing against anybody but myself and like i'm not exceptionally strong or good at any of this it's like just the um the exposure or the challenge like I have a goal at this meet this is this this is the this is where I think people are finally getting it you know is um, you know you see people do CrossFit competitions because and they go have fun with it but it's like this like silly like oh we're gonna go have fun we're gonna wear unicorn t-shirts mm -hmm. and like just act silly but like you're being intentional about what you're doing mm -hmm. so this isn't like this isn't just some silly thing but the nice thing about weightlifting is you truly are just competing against yourself. Yeah. Now, you know, at the top, at the higher levels, yes, obviously it is a sport. But, like, for yeah. a lot of people just doing this, it is is a great way to, like, hey, I'm going to get up there and test my ability mm -hmm. on this day. Because after, it gets after, me. Yeah. I was going to say, after you've logged the weeks of training yeah. and all that stuff. Because it doesn't yeah. get me anything, like, tangible. It doesn't get me a free anything or a spot in something or like right. it doesn't you don't get a participation term i don't this which i'm really upset crap. about yeah. um but no it all it, it gets me like i have a goal for this next meet and if i get that like i will be super stoked right that's and that's why i'm doing it like yeah. so i can be i don't know as proud of myself is is what i'm looking for but like to be like i saw this as a challenge and 
a year ago I never would have been able to do this, and I did it. I was just like, you know, they're getting the foot races, the 5Ks, the 10Ks, the marathons, and yeah. all that stuff. Like, so many people do that. They're not out there like, I came in 114th. Right. Like, no, I did it. Like, I, right. I actually did this, and I set my mind to it. Now, again, at the higher level stuff, like, you're going to see those people who are like, I came in second. Yeah. And now they're pissed off because they came in second. Enough. But that's like me half the time here. Though. I'm like, I just want to finish. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be like I. I just I don't want to be the last one to finish. I just want to finish. I'll be last. So, um, what? Where? Like for you, kind of what are the next steps as far as like you know we are doing this meet in a couple of weeks. Like what? Where would you like to see yourself go in the next couple of months, uh, next year or so? Um, for like for barbell and yeah. um, I guess it depends on how I'm actually able to progress. Like, uh, if it got because I'm a master's now, because I'm 35. If it, if it got to where I could lift what would qualify for a master's weightlifter. weightlifter, like, I would do it. I don't know. I don't really know where that is. I think it's like... I can tell you that. 10 or 12 kilos more than I can lift right now, but... <laughs> So, I mean, you never know. I, I you have access to steroids, right? I, I what? do. Who said that? Yeah. <laughs> You're right there? I had been that better. Smoker's, that smoker's cough is bad. Newports. Newports. Well, that's very cool because it's, it's been fun to watch you, and, and, and I don't want to take this in which the uh, spirit's intended, but it's been cool to see you get serious about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, not that you were joking around with it, but, like, to really dive in and, like, oh, like, how do I do this and how do I do it better? Yeah. Fix, fix my jerk, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most rewarding thing as a coach is to see people have those light bulb moments where they're like, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day and it's like, oh, you know, I've been doing this for a little bit, but I'm not losing any weight. And I was like, well, let me see your food journal. And it was just like, all right, you're, you're eating too many carbohydrates, you know, and, it, and hopefully that'll be a light bulb moment to where mm-hmm. it's like, oh. Yeah. Okay. I need to like cut the, and it's that simple. It's not like, hey, you need to cut out the, you know, your macronutrient profile. Yeah. More like yeah. this. You need to go get a blood sample and run. You know, it's just stop doing this. And for you, it was more time in these movements. Yeah. And yeah, it's obviously cool that Jared's here to facilitate a Olympic lifting, um, you know, um, class. But it's, you know, we can only facilitate so much. Yeah. And it's really up to you guys to be like, hey, you know what? I'm either going to come in here and, you know, if, and again, it's, it's each their own, right? If you want to come in here and just de-stress for an hour, awesome. Let's do that. If you want to come in here for an hour and work on lift lifting and have a goal to reach a, a certain level of competition, um, awesome. But I think each and every one of us that comes through here, you know, at a certain point, you get to that where it's like I'm either gonna have this light bulb moment or this is stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, this is dumb. Two ways to go. You know, yeah. or you're just kind of staying at that same level and you're content, even if you're telling people you're not. Like uh, I really need to lose this weight. Mm-hmm. You have to do something about it. That's kind of a point I was trying to make earlier. Like if you realize, like, hey, I'm eating, you know, like crap. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it's one thing to acknowledge that. It's a whole different thing to go home and you know, bring the garbage can over to the pantry and start emptying your chips and all your crap out in there. Like the intentionality thing that you were talking about before. So like for this month, I've been trying to log my food every day and trying to do ROM every day. Like I was really flexible when I was younger, 
that was now 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm I was, not as uh, flexible as... I was three. I <laughs> but it's like, I've realized by logging my food that I eat ketchup with every meal. Like, yeah. probably... So, uh, sugar. Just, probably yeah. don't need to do that. Flavored sugar. Yeah. As much as I do. But, like, it's being intentional, which I think took me many, many years to figure out, actually, you had to actually do. Well, I think everyone's got a different normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, some people get Starbucks every day. That's just normal. Yeah. You know? And then it's like... I don't know why my finances are, uh, you know, in such bad shit. It's like, dude, you spend $80 a month at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, uh, Laura and I just got some, like, takeout the other day, because it was just like, we both were like, we eat pretty well. I was like, you know what? We deserve, like, let's go get some Chinese food. Let's make bad decisions. Right. But it was like, we're going to have that meal together, and it was like, we're going to get takeout, and it was like, I want a Sprite. And I got like a, I think I ended up getting like a Sunkist instead. But it was like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I actually said this to Lauren. I was like, people have this every day. Right. And I was like, it was like, it was, believe me, it was delicious. I, well, yeah. I love Sunkissed. Well, but it was that's, like, the, I had that's that, like and kind of the worst like, part. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and I was like, but people have this every, multiple times a day. You know, that's just soda. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we had like one takeout meal with the soda, and I was like, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> you know, and Amy, you can maybe speak to this. Obviously, um, you have a real job. And, <laughs> you know, um, but, but in all seriousness, like you don't have to throw anybody under the bus, but I'm sure you're around this kind of toxic nutrition environment, mm-hmm. you know. And again, maybe at a hospital, hopefully it's not as bad. It is, it's but worse. yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's I know bad. When I'm trying to be families nice. families thank nurses, they bring donuts. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, no so, so well, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, you know, off of the context that you provided, and you said, hey, I'm in this 12-hour. I see you. You know, whenever you moved out, someone else moved in. Yeah. You know, so it's not like, oh, there's that's that's just not a position anymore. No, that's daily. Yeah. And people are taking home this stuff. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, there's every streaming service is available at the you know, and oh, ten episodes in a row. All right, yeah, no big deal. And I'm sitting there and I'm eating crap. Mm-hmm. And oh, I did the, the, the the wall gets higher and higher, and then all of a sudden you're surrounded by four walls mm-hmm. and you don't like yourself and then this negative self-talk sets in to where I'm a piece of crap you know what mm-hmm. I don't I don't you know again but I am so thankful that we get to do what we do um, where we're around encouraging people mm-hmm. you know and it's a definitely a, you know a positive environment but anyway so you know have you ever tried to maybe have a conversation with someone within your work environment. Um, I know maybe recently you brought someone in. Yeah, uh, one yeah. of my coworkers' wives. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I brought her in when you guys were doing the raffle or whatever. Yep, she's, uh, Sandy's kind of starting with us and uh, I was just talking to Amy prior to all this and it sounds like her husband's a yeah, little bit Yeah, Joe mentioned a little bit yesterday. Oh, cool. so, maybe, um, maybe being interested. But that, uh, that is the point of like what we want to do is it's not like, oh, wait, I mentioned it because Sandy's going to give us money. Oh, no. I mentioned yeah. it because you brought Sandy in, I'm like, she's a good person, she's a mother of four, and she needs some time and some self-care, Yeah. you know, because everybody deserves yeah. that and everybody and needs the, it. The community here is probably, I mean, I love coming here and working out and the programming and that stuff, but I also like the like seeing my friends and mm-hmm. meeting people here that I now see outside of here and do things with and right. um, like moving to this area, I know a lot of people who lived here like know everybody in the area, but I didn't know anybody. Like I knew people at work and that was it. It's kind of like them too. Like, their circle of friends is smaller because sure. they're not from here. And, and you yeah. need you need multiple friends groups. You know, I yeah. think we're kind of figuring that out. Like, because yeah. especially with your job, probably, like it's good to have those intimate conversations about work. 
but it's like, holy crap, how, how many times can we talk about all right, this nice high stressful know. stuff? It's nice to talk to people who don't yeah. want to talk about that. Like, yeah. they yeah. don't. It's the same thing. It's nice to talk to a stay-at-home mom that comes here, and she is probably just as equally glad to talk to you about whatever you want yeah. to talk about. Right. You know, especially a lot of those people who are, you know, parents with a whole bunch of kids. Like, yeah. our only adult interaction is either with each other or when they come here. When they come to the gym. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I've been very excited to watch you grow as an athlete, grow as a person, become a major part of, you know, this community so and, and bringing friends in and stuff like that so I definitely appreciate you being a part of it for sure um, but as we kind of wrap things up we just always if you've listened to a couple of these hopefully mm-hmm. it's just a really basic question is what is your definition of success so I thought about that and I think don't get it wrong I know don't, don't. gosh uh, for me that's how I can not get it wrong right <laughs> that's just for me it's kind of a moving target so when I was 20 how I considered myself successful is much different than now. So, um, I got the job of my dreams, right? But I can't be like, now I'm done. Like right. that, I am now successful, and I can just sit back and can't be complacent. And be complacent. Uh, now, so now that target has moved forward for me. Now I want to be somebody that can like help educate the new residents that come through our program, or. Um, you know, I I made my goal of last my hundred pound snatch, so now I'm good. I'm done. done. Like I can't. I'm the best in the world. I know. Right? <laughs> like it's just not this. how it works for me. So it it um as I as I achieve a goal, I just kind of move forward. Like when you're playing a video game and you get to like save, you never have to go back and do that part again. Yeah. Like now you just if you fail, you just kind of start from there again. Yeah. You just kind of move forward till you get the next save point, and then you can. It just kind of keeps moving forward for me. So, like, I don't think that I'm not successful just because I have goal, like, new goals every time. But um, I do think that I always have, like, something I'm looking to do. Oh, like that's, something you have to. You have to. Like, just what you said before, you can't be complacent, right? Yeah. You know, you, you achieve one thing and it's time to move on to the next one. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's your, there are all the sports analogies, you know, you're only as good as your last play, your last mm-hmm. game, whatever it is, so... Uh, you can't just have the, the best day of your life and be like, well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired. Now I'm done. Well, thank you so much thank for you taking some time out. Appreciate it. Hopefully we conquered another fear of talking. Yes, this went way better than I thought. To all the interwebs. <laughs> millions of millions. followers. I know. I know. I know. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to Triumph Every Day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. You can find us at triumphstrength.net, on Instagram at triumphstrength, and Facebook at facebook.com slash triumphstrength. Thank you again.